Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. sugar-coated murder podcast it's what we do it's how we do things it's how we live our life it is and i gotta tell you i'm so happy to be feeling better me i'm glad you're feeling better because too. this virus whatever the heck i've had has really kicked my arse yeah you've so been, you've been down and out. i've been down and out so yeah it's been it's been a long week and now i feel like the sun came out today and i might be able to I might, I might survive this tomorrow. tomorrow, but it came out today already anyway. Well, what do you think the chances are of me getting this fold down without breaking it? Um, I'm, I don't want to look. Okay. I'm not looking because there's, okay, yay, yay. Okay. She's using some tongs to reach a big old glass bowl with a handle, and it was up on the third shelf, and, and I was scared. I didn't want it to crash on her head. It didn't crash, and I've got the bowl intact in one yeah. piece because along with talking about true crime in our podcast, we bake. I know. What are you making today in your kitchen? I am making... Bread and butter pickles. I am so excited because I love me some bread and butter pickles. Yes. Now, and the cucumbers some, smell so good right they now. They do. They're nice and fresh. Yeah. I love our grandmother. Grandma Seal used to make pickles. And yes. it was like you had to fight for them. Oh, gosh, yeah. It was and we like, were never it was at like, an age where we could get a jar for ourselves. No, never. I can remember sneaking a pickle or two out of Mama's jar when yes. she wasn't looking. Yes, yes. So I have Grandma Seal's recipe, but it is a two-day process and requires a bucket and lime. I don't think that so, you should ever have a bucket of anything in your kitchen, especially with lime. Yeah. That's what you put on bodies. Right. To make them decay faster. Exactly. That makes me nervous. So, so maybe um, that's best if we don't use that recipe. I'm sure Grandma is rolling her eyes and tisking oh, me yes. left and She's... right because I found a microwave version of the bread and butter pickle. <laughs> Welcome to 2021, Grandma. Now, I'm sure they will not be as good as Grandma's. There's no way they're going to be as good as Grandma's. But they're going to be better than anything I can buy on the shelf. And better than a jar of air. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's exciting because yeah. I love bread and butter pickles. It's my favorite kind of a pickle. Oh, well, good. So I'm if this, two matches, oh, so that's even okay. better. Enough for your house and enough for mine. That makes me so happy because I love it. And when I make, I'm when I make sweet because no. earlier in the week when you weren't feeling good, I baked cupcakes. Yes, you did. <laughs> I love it when I get a when I get a text that says I made cupcakes. They're almost done. <laughs> And then I get there ready, and I, no matter how bad I feel, I throw on my shoes and run upstairs. I mean, it just took her, like, five seconds. I don't even know if it took that long. So I was speedy Gonzalez getting up here. Yeah. So, so And they were very good, and it was such a nice treat. And my husband got out of bed last night at 1030 to go eat a cupcake. Oh, wow. He couldn't yeah, so stand I'll it just, any longer. I'll just recap what I did with those. It, if you go on the Internet and search, we like to use the chocolate cupcake recipe that calls for vinegar. 
It's easy to find. Just find that. If you can't find it, you can email it to us because we've used it before. Or email us and we'll find it. We'll send you the recipe. Yeah. Anyway. Tried and true. I threw those suckers together. You, it, you don't have to. You just dump all the ingredients in one bowl. And There's no the like softened butter. There's no, no eggs at no. room temperature. It nope. is just throw some shit in a bucket. Throw just, some shit in a bucket and get a cupcake exactly, out of it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then I made a. I used the recipe on the confectioner's sugar box and made a um, vanilla buttercream. Yeah. Because. I wanted a chocolate chocolate something, but I wanted something to cut the chocolate chocolate. I'm so glad you did that because too much chocolate in my chocolate doesn't make me happy. Yeah. So I threw the buttercream on and um, then I dumped, the, dumped those suckers in chocolate ganache. Yeah, she just whipped up some ganache <laughs> like it ain't nothing. Well, I had some chocolate chips in my yeah, pantry. It's and, easy. Um, Once you know how to do it, you don't yeah. even have to measure no, I just, didn't measure. Yeah. Just, I took what I had of the chocolate chips, and then I had some heavy whipping cream, threw that in there. Yeah. Melted it all together, and then I dunked the top of my cupcakes in the chocolate ganache. and Put them in the fridge. I stuck them in. Um, I laughed and told her, told Karen I was putting them in my <laughs> blast, blast chiller. <laughs> I was like, ooh, so fancy. <laughs> Which was uh, code for my freezer. <laughs> Because that's all so, we got for yeah. We don't got no blast chiller. No. Maybe one day, sugar. Yeah. We'll, that, know, we'll know we made it when we have a pellet ice machine and a blast chiller. That's my dream, the pellet ice. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, they have it Chick-fil-A or uh, we've yeah. got Comeback Shack here. Yeah. That pellet ice is It's, it's the bomb.com. It just really It is. makes me happy. <laughs> it and does I will drive across town to get some pellet ice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I get it. So, if I had that, oh my God, I would have made it. I wouldn't care about the blast chiller. I just think when we have a blast chiller, we know that we are something special. Very true. Something special. Very true. Well, so I have some murder to talk about. But All before right. we do that, I think that we should talk about this new event that happened this week. We joined a network. We did join a network. It's yeah. called Oracle Network. And I'm going to tell you, this is so exciting. They have lots of other podcasts in this network, which is awesome. And I'm going to tell you um, some of the podcasts that they have in there. It's amazing. Is that the name of a podcast? It's amazing. No, I don't yeah. think so. No, it's not. So right now, they they do, what's really fun is they'll promote like a, Podcast of the month, which is really fun. Oh, yeah, that is fun. I love that. Yeah, and then we'll just cross-promote and stuff like that. But it also, it, it just really connects us with other podcasters. And podcasters are a unique set of individuals. Indeed. And so it's so nice to be connected to like-minded individuals. So they have, I'm just going to read the list that's not us, because obviously we're on there. I wouldn't talk about it, but... So they have one called Active Shooter. They have one called All Comics Considered, um, All Things Anime, wow. Anxious and Afraid, Beyond the Rainbow, Blue Side of the Mountain. Oh. There's one called Brew Crime, Ooh. which is about beer, like craft beer and nice. crime. Yes, which is cool. They have one called Depth of Darkness. They have one called, uh, it, I'm going to mess it up, it's... it's Hispanic, obviously. It's Dos Spookuenos. <gasps> nice. That's okay. so fun. Oh, my goodness. They have The Great Unsolved, Mask of Sanity, Nap Time Nancy, which I love that <laughs> title. 
Um, not your normal murder. Oh. They have sublime true crime, the jury room. The consequences are true consequences. I'm sorry. I, my eyeballs are not working. True crime, dark justice, victimology, ye old crime podcast, oh. and then us, Sugarcoated Murder Podcast. Nice. So we're very excited to be a part of this network. We're very honored. Yes. And, um, very excited. Look yeah. at us. We joined a network. We joined a network, guys, and this is this is a big deal for us. It's a big so it deal that anybody wanted anything. to be friends with us. It doesn't really change anything for our listeners as far as the way you listen to us. Nope. Still find us in all the same places. But if you go on to the Oracle Network, and it's Oracle, O-R-A-C-L, Three. three and if you go onto that page then you've got access to all the different yeah podcasts yeah so, that's the nice thing it's just a you can just point and click and and listen to some other podcasts that well yeah as well yeah, like yeah. on the weeks like this week when we've kind of been late recording and, and you're craving a new episode of something go check one of them out until yeah. we can get our episode back up exactly so anywho so that's our big announcement for big. this week it's it's huge it's, it's huge enormously it's huge. huge huge all right so i have murder to discuss okay because that's another thing that we do we we do talk about murder. We do. We don't do the murder. We just talk about the murder. We shan't murder. We shan't. Okay. So this murder takes place in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Oh. Sunny Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale. I like to refer to it as Florida. Florida. Yes. Florida. Florida. The state of Florida. So I'm going to talk about Melissa Britt Lewis. Okay. She is 39 years old. Mm-hmm. She is a labor and employment attorney at this big old law firm called Rothstein, Rosenfeld, and Adler in oh, Fort Lauderdale. Okay. She has a true zest for life. She is completely devoted to her three nieces and her two dogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I she is just... A dog lover. A dog lover, Yes. She's described by friends and co-workers as loving, nurturing, and an, an accomplished chef. Oh, my God. Speaking of accomplished chef, why do they make it so hard to get the condoms off the English cucumbers? I don't know. I guess they don't want them to get impregnated. I, haven't, I, haven't I love them. Continue. So, continue. Melissa is also known for the red Prada purse that she proudly sports on her arm. Just like... For us, you know, we feel like we will have made it when we get a blast chiller. She kind of felt like that was a symbol of her it. making it in her sure. career. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So, March 5th, 2008, um, Melissa seemed to have life by the tail. She recently was promoted to partner at her law firm. Nice. That's huge. Um, it was a random Wednesday night. Melissa... And her red Prada bag mm-hmm. went grocery shopping at the local Publix. Mm-hmm. When she pulls her black SUV into her garage, um, as she's exiting her vehicle, there is a struggle both inside her car and in the garage. What? In her car? Yeah. So she uses mace during the attack to um, fight her attacker. Okay. So the next morning, a pest control tech arrived at her home and her SUV gone, oh, which yeah. is not a usual sight for her. Right. Um, 
So at the same time, co-workers at her job were concerned when she uncharacteristically just doesn't show up for work. Yeah. No phone call, no show. Scary. Not at all like Melissa. So police show up at her house and find um, pepper, pepper spray residue in the garage. That's how they know. Oh, but she's not there? No. Oh. She's not there. Nor is her SUV. Yeah, I heard the SUV, but I didn't hear the no, story about No, Melissa is she missing. Not, she gone. She's not there. So, on March 7th, Melissa's body and her red Prada purse <gasps> are found in the New River Canal along Interstate 595. Aww. Um, and then, the problem with the robbery theory is that nothing seems to be missing from her house. All right. As a matter of fact, there was no struggle in the house at all. And it appears that she never even made it that far. Right. So were they robbing her of her Publix grocery haul? Or maybe her she got something really good. Or maybe took the she last not, thing she, of toilet paper. Or maybe know. the last, um, that Chantilly cream oh, cake yeah. with the fruit. With the fruit, that, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, if somebody took the last one of those, I might I might struggle with them. Yeah, but wouldn't you take it? Prada purse, too. Her Prada purse was found with her. So, yeah, I would take yeah. the Prada purse. Here's something. I'd take real, that Chantilly cream cake and I would put it in the Prada purse. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So, about a week after finding Melissa um, in the canal, an arrest was made. Oh, okay. Police arrest 52-year-old Tony Villegas. I don't know him. I'm not familiar with him. Well, you're getting ready to be familiar. Okay. He is a local train conductor. A what? I know you don't. I mean, that's a what? rare. That's a rare. What? What? Um, that's a rare type of job. I think that's not a everyday job. Yeah. The question is, what is the connection between Tony and Melissa? Yeah. So Tony's uh, wife, Deborah Valega, mm-hmm. worked at the same law firm. Lur It's a lurfer. The same law firm as Melissa. Oh, no. She and Melissa were actually very close friends, both at work and outside the office. Oh, dear. So, um, Deborah actually leaned on Melissa when Deborah and Tony separated in 2006. Oh. And they had grown into be best friends during that process. Um, Melissa got to know Deborah and Tony's two sons. And as a good friend, Melissa spent lots of time with Deborah and the boys, um, they had dinners, not really as a family. It wasn't a romantic thing. It was definitely a friendship, um, kind of like a sisterhood. They had formed a kind of a sisterhood together. Right. Um, so they went to dinners together. They went on vacations together. Um, and Melissa did whatever she could to be supportive of them and their journey um, through this separation and divorce situation. So nice. the question is, what's the issue with Tony? Yeah, what, what happened? is his problem? What happened? Well, he didn't like the fact that his wife was having this strong, supportive friendship in her corner. Oh. He didn't like that. And he didn't like her spending, he didn't like Melissa spending time with his sons. Oh. Right, because he felt like she was poisoning them against him. Paranoid much? Right. Well, and listen, it seems like he was just an asshole anyway, so maybe it was on on his his self, mm. <laughs> not on himself. So anyway, <laughs> bad grammar. It's early. 
So he felt like <laughs> Melissa was keeping Deborah strong uh-huh. in her resolve to end the marriage. Sure, and he wanted her weak. So and he, could, he, yeah, and he wanted her weak so he could manipulate her and get her to come back to him. Sure. So Tony even sent a text to Deborah at one point threatening her life and the life of her circle of friends. Oh, wow. Yep. And because of that, Melissa had gone out and bought pepper spray because she was concerned about what Tony might do. Right. So, Tony, you're, you don't need to worry about somebody poisoning your sons against you when you make death threats against your son's mother. That's probably going to color their judgment of yeah, you. Yeah, that's not nice, Tony. Yeah. You big jerk. Yeah. So, um, I don't think that. Melissa thought that Tony would go as far as he did, Mm -hmm. but she was prepared for him to do something stupid. Right. So Deborah had applied for a restraining order after Tony had told Deborah that he was in a text. I mean, he's so stupid. He writes this crap down. Oh, God. He was going to chop her up and feed her to the alligators. Oh, yes. That is not nice. No. That is not nice. No, you it don't isn't. You feed people to alligators. So, now you can see why Melissa was being so supportive of Deborah. Deborah was afraid of her estranged husband. Mm-hmm. And Melissa, so Melissa stayed over there sometimes with them. She went to dinner with them. She went on vacation with them. She was trying to support her, her friend. Yeah. friend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she, you know, she was, she really was, she was... Letting Deborah lean on her for strength because Deborah needed strength. Yeah. So we're gonna fast forward to April of 2011. Oh wow! We yeah. are wow. Yeah. So it's three years after Melissa's death, which I put eight years, which is really dumb because at the you weren't feeling good. I wasn't feeling, feeling well. Good. I we wasn't need... good feeling good enough to do math no, right. I couldn't yeah. do correct math. No. So anyway. The trial with Tony finally begins. Okay. So, of course, Deborah testifies against her ex. During, yes, during her testimony, she disclosed that she had bought herself a taser in fear of her husband. And at the time, she and Melissa went together. She said, I bought the taser. Melissa bought the pepper spray. Oh. And because we were afraid of yeah. Tony because he was sending these texts threatening us. And she said, "It, you know... I think that, you know, she really had a a fear. She actually quoted him as saying, you think you're on top now, but you and your friends will be sorry. Oh, wow. Right. So, I mean, seriously, they were afraid of him. Yeah, Tony's losing it. He's losing it. So, the roommate of Tony, because he had, you know, he he had moved out of the house and he had moved in and he had a roommate. Mm -hmm. So, the roommate of Tony actually testified on the stand that, he walked in on Tony washing pepper spray off of his arms and hands on the day that Melissa disappeared. Oh. Yeah. So that's not, that's not good. That's not good. So the prosecution also presented DNA evidence. So Tony's DNA was found on Melissa's jacket and that jacket was found in the back of her vehicle when it was found. So that means Tony had to have been in that vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. And also, there was a button off of Melissa's jacket that was found on the garage floor 
within the all that pepper spray residue so that they knew there was a struggle yeah and so um they got touch dna off of her jacket ha 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 tony ha, 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 dummy. yeah so also um prosecutors 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 yes were able to present the cell phone pings of melissa's phone and tony's phone and they simultaneously pinged from her house to the canal and then the next day her phone actually traveled with tony to his job at the trains at the train line oh and i don't think that melissa would have gone with him willingly to the train line it doesn't and sound like he's even trying to cover anything up. Because he's so blinded with rage that he can't even stop and think what an asshole he's being. And that he really is taking this a little bit too far. Yeah. Now, here's my question. Let it go, Tony. Here's the thing. I'm going to go kill my estranged wife's best friend so that my estranged wife will come back to the marriage. Yeah, that means... Uh, no, Tony, that's just that's the opposite of what's going to happen. And plus... I don't want her poisoning my kids against me. Oh, but I'm going to kill this woman, and they're going to like me better. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, by the way, I'm probably going to go to jail for it, so now what's my interaction with my sons? Exactly. Like, he's not thinking this through, evidently. <coughs> so, Tony Villegas was found guilty of first-degree murder, which means it's premeditated, which, right. obviously. Nerve. And he was sentenced to life with no parole. All right. So we like that. That's good. He ain't getting out. So um, Melissa's aunt sent a letter on behalf of her family for the um, sentencing hearing. You know, they do impact statements. Oh, yeah. Her family at that point was still not strong enough to go, and this was three years later. Oh, wow. They were devastated. And so um, the aunt sent the letter to the court and, the, and had the court read it. Right. So what she said was, his selfish act of jealousy not only violated their family, but his as well. And they will all suffer for it, but they forgive him because they have to move on with their life. Of course. So right now he is in prison at Indian Town, in Indian Town, Florida. If we want to go visit him and throw raw hot dogs at him or... I think just blow train whistles. Oh, that is such a great I idea. Can we can just, yes. We've got our train whistles. Woo, woo. Yes. Even, we can, and then yes. just go in and that's it. We just blow our train we whistles. We just blow and, the train. Woo. And I don't even think we have to go to the visitor. We could probably just be in the parking lot yeah. and blow the train whistle. And he's going to be like, oh, my God, the trains are haunting me. Yes. <laughs> that is perfect. Oh, my God. That's such a great idea. We're coming for you, Tony. We are coming for you, Tony. And we like it in Florida, so we don't have a problem going down there. <laughs> if anybody wants to join us in this train oh, yeah. adventure, please email us at murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. Let's take the train there. We could, oh, it'll be a and whole like a train theme. Well, it would be a train theme. Oh, my God. Yes. And then we will form a train. <gasps> we'll bake a cake. We'll bake a train cake. Oh, my God. Yes. And then we'll, like, we'll get a bunch of us and we'll all have the whistles. Yes. And we can just, like, chugga, 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 chugga all chugga. around the parking lot of the prison. Yes. That is such a great idea. Gosh. I'm yeah. so excited. We are coming for you, Tony. We have a purpose now. I know. So that's my murder. It was a kind of a short murder, and I do I do apologize, although I feel like it was an important one because, you know, somebody was killed, and it was a, a very vibrant young Listen, woman in the prime of her life. Listen, if your marriage breaks up, 
don't murder. Don't, don't kill your spouse. That's don't, just stupid. Don't even threaten to just, kill. Don't, don't even threaten. Don't do it. Just no. be done. Be done. Be done. Go to therapy. Over. Just go to therapy and get by over yourself. it. yourself. Not couples counseling. Just no. you go by yourself and get Work yourself together. Work on you, and then you might find that by working on you, you figure out, you yeah. don't need this marriage. Yeah. I can be a better person on my own for my kids. Exactly. Yeah, but don't don't kill their mother's don't best friend because don't. they're not going to like you. It's just not It's not right. going to solve any issues and you're going to end up in jail without your trains. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, so It's just true. Yeah. So anyway, that's it. I don't know what's happening over there, but it smells vinegary. Uh, well, because I'm making pickles, duh. I love it. <laughs> Durr. Durr. I have my pickles and my mixture in um, the microwave. What kind of spices go in that? So you put in whole mustard seed, celery seed, mm -hmm. turmeric, mm -hmm. ground, and salt. Okay. And then you do white vinegar and sugar. And onions and cucumber. Wow. All done. Done, done, and done. And then you microwave it for seven to eight minutes. Okay. And that, that supposedly is, or until your onions are translucent and your cucumbers are soft. Okay. And then, um, and then what happens? And then you eat them. Nuh-uh. You you, well, they say to put them in an airtight container, which, of course, I don't have. I mean, yeah. I've got, like, a Tupperware yeah, container, that's but all I don't have a jar. You don't need that. If it's in the fridge, it, you can put it in a Tupperware container. Yeah. So when do you put them in the fridge? After it cools off? Um. I would think. No, it just says chill before serving. So okay. Whenever they come out of the microwave, you stick them in the in the fridge. Fridge and be done with it. There ain't nothing wrong with that. No, I'll stick them in my glass jar <laughs> so that they'll be nice and cool by the time I finish oh, my murder. Gosh. And, uh, Guys, I'll be able if y'all want to buy us enough coffees to buy a blast chiller, I don't know how much they cost, but we would really want that. Actually, I think they're like two thousand dollars. Yeah, you. Those know are just the ones that sit on your countertop. And you know what's even more reasonably priced is the pellet ice machine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you can find those for about five hundred dollars. And I then know. I would share that pellet ice with anybody who wanted to come over. I would always have pellet ice. <laughs> I would just it's be like so the aunt happy. that says I will always have gum. And well, I do. instead, I she do. will always have pellet ice. I will. <laughs> it's true. I will always have pellet ice. So if that dream ever came true, you just don't know how brutal that would be. My goodness. Well, I might even do a jig. Oh, not a jig. You know it. Uh-uh. I'm telling you. Would, would it be an Irish or a Scottish? Whatever you want. Russian. Yes. <laughs> I might have to do some some workout on the thighs for the Russian. <laughs> well, that in itself is a, is a workout. Is a little, uh, yeah, just start doing it every day as long as you can do it. And then you'll build up your stamina and your thighs. And then by the time we get, we can afford this pellet ice machine oh my God, so that excited. she has already decided is somehow going in her apartment that I don't have a key to. So, oh. yeah. So anyway, we'll just see. We'll have to negotiate somewhere else besides on the podcast. <laughs> I'll have to get a mediator in and see if we can get that negotiated. Oh, Lordy. So um, I'm just going to pause real quick. Yeah, let's pause. I'm going to finish up these herpings. Yeah, and so you can put them in the blast, Jella. Get them in the blast, Jella. And uh, then I'll tell you an insane story about a guy who didn't know he was dead. I, 
I can't wait to hear I'm this. I'm gonna tell one. you. All right, hold on, guys. Okay, go back. And we're back. We are back. We're yes. back, and um, I've gotten myself a cup of tea. Mm. It's iced. Nice. I went through the drive-through of a local restaurant that sells pellet ice last night. Oh God! And saved my pellet ice and made myself a, a cup of iced tea because I'm a I'm a tea ambassador, and that's what I do. It is so, what you do. What kind Plum, of tea have you iced? Plum Deluxe Tea makes a kitchen table blend black tea. Nice. It's got um, black tea, green tea, lemongrass, rose, jasmine, lemon lime, orange, grapefruit essences, and it's delightful when it's that iced. sounds good. So I've got my Plum Deluxe Tea over ice today. Well, that's very fancy. I am fancy. I'm a tea ambassador. Well, I am. I am too. But I am sporting some water this morning. Yeah, you gotta have the water. <laughs> my throat sticks together without my water. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you a crazy murder. I can't wait. It's. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. So, I, and I'm sure everybody but us heard about this for some reason. Well, because Trout. we're clueless. Trout, you need to go lay down. This is going to be a really good murder, buddy. Buddy, pay attention to this yeah. murder. You need to lay down. This one's nuts. crazy. It's crazy. Great. No, get, go, on, go lay down. Okay. Trout. So, I'm going to tell down. you a story about a little family. Um, there's Joan and Peter. They're the parents. And Chris, the son. Uh, and I'm going to give you a little timeline before I tell you I like what, a what all happened. And we're going to focus a little bit here on Chris. So November 19th, 2002, Chris Porco stages a robbery at the home he shares with his parents, Peter and Joan. While he's home for Thanksgiving break from the University of Rochester, mm -hmm. he steals two laptop computers. From his own house? Yes. He stages the home to look like a burglary by cutting a hole in the screen and raising a window on the first floor of the house. He then takes a digital camera. His parents' house? Yeah. Then he takes a digital camera that they had and drops it on the front lawn so it looks like the burglar dropped it while they... Yeah. 20 days after the burglary, Chris sold one of the, the laptops on eBay. Oh. Unfortunately... It was his mother, Joan's work laptop, and she worked for Chalmont School District. Oh. So they had to get that back, right? Yeah. Trouble. June 18, 2003, there was a burglary at the Bethlehem Veterinary Hospital where Chris worked. No way. Yeah. He disarmed the alarm, stole a digital camera, a camcorder, two pocket PCs, and a cell phone. Dude. Just go get a job. Then he, well, he had a job here at the veterinary hospital. That's true, he did. <laughs> I guess he wasn't making enough money. Right. So he rearms, he resets the alarm, stages the area to look like a burglary by breaking a window and opening it. 22 days after the burglary, Chris posted a digital camera and a pocket oh, PC, PC for sale on eBay. Does he think that police don't watch eBay for stolen not. goods? And then he locks up this cell phone that he stole in, in a safe in the family home. Okay. So that was June of 2003. July of 2003, Peter, Peter Porco reports to police that there was a break-in at his home. His Dell laptop computer was stolen. 
There was a cut screen and a window open on the first floor. Nothing else was missing from the home. But later that day, Chris Porco posted the stolen laptop on eBay for sale. He's got an obsession with eBay, right? Well, because he thinks, I don't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Like, he's dumb. He, he, he is not smart. He's not the brightest bulb. No. And i got to tell you, I don't know who hired him at the veterinary hospital and what his job was, but that's scary. Yeah. All right. So that was um, July of 2003. Mm -hmm. So we're going to go back a little bit, and let, I'm going to just give you a little history. In the fall of 2002, Chris attended the University of Rochester as a freshman. Mm -hmm. At the end of the semester, his first semester, he was placed on academic probation, which happens to a lot of kids. It's a hard adjustment when you go off to college, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, by the end of his first semester of his sophomore year in 2003, he failed out of school. He, he never could get it together. And in the spring of 2004, he registered for classes at Hudson Valley Community College. Okay. All right. So, he's trying, right? Seems like it. He never attended even one class. Nope, at not trying. College. <laughs> no, he's not trying. It doesn't seem like he's yeah. trying at all. So, in August of 2004, Chris reapplied to the University of Rochester and sent them in forged transcripts from Hudson Valley Community College. This guy has a mental issue. You think? So he is accepted back into the university. No. Now we know why it's so important that when you're getting your college transcripts, now they have to be certified. And sealed. And sealed. That's exactly right. So, yeah, he forged them and got back into the university. Chris told his parents that he had mistakenly been failed out of the university because a professor had misplaced an exam that he had taken. Wow. So after he, they told, he told him about this exam, he told his parents that the exam had been found and that because of the mistake, the university was going to pay oh his, his tuition. And they believed him? I guess. I guess. I mean, you know, your kids, you don't have any reason to not believe them, though. At this point, it's, what, 2004, they've had these burglaries, and they know that... that uh, Do they know he staged them? Yeah, they have to, because the police knew. They know, yeah, they know. And there have been no charges pressed? Evidently, at this point, there have been no charges pressed, but oh hang God. in there, because it gets better. This is a wild ride. So now we're October 2004, and Chris tells his dad that he needs to take out a $2,000 loan to help with school expenses. Yeah, you know, you got to have books and all that other jazz, so school expenses. Okay. So Peter sent Chris some tax and employment documents, you know, probably stuff from the veterinary clinic, some tax returns or whatever. Yeah. And um, he agrees that he'll co-sign for the loan. Well, funny thing is that Chris had already taken out the loan, and the loan was not for $2,000, but it was for $31,000. <gasps> $31,000. And yeah. Chris took this loan out. Who loaned him this money? Uh, that would be Citibank. Um, he, had, he, he had forged some documents. <gasps> this guy is out of control with this forgery crap. I know. But he must be good at it. Right. Only he didn't realize that his co-signer was going to get a letter in the mail saying you've been approved for yeah. your loan. Yeah. So Peter gets a letter from Citibank saying... 
I've been, you've been approved for a $31,000 loan. Oh my God. And he calls Citibank and he handles the loan. Then he gets a call from the University of Rochester financial aid director who tells him that Chris's tuition for the semester is due. Right? Oh. And because Chris had signed documents, he's, they're legally obligated. He's taken classes. Yeah. He has to pay that tuition. He can't not pay it. No, no. So, um, Peter tells Citibank, I want a loan for this amount of money, which was the exact amount he owed for that semester of yeah. tuition yeah. and nothing more. Okay. And he paid that one semester of tuition. And then he starts calling his son and saying, what the hell is going on? Yeah. What are you doing? And oh my God. then Peter says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to run my credit report because something squirrely is going on. So when he runs his credit report, he finds out that Chris had also taken out a loan in Peter's name <gasps> with Capital One Auto Finance. And Chris had purchased a yellow Jeep Wrangler, which his parents knew he had the, the Jeep Wrangler, but he told his parents that he had gotten a Jeep as part of a computer swap deal. Oh my gosh. Right. Like, Come I'm going to give you my nice computer and you're going to give me a Jeep Wrangler? Okay. His parents are up. so gullible. A little bit. Come little on, bit. guys. Or maybe I mean, in denial about just how bad That is are. major denial. You've yeah. got a kid who has staged robberies at your home, stolen your property, and Failing sold out of it. college. He has now tried to take out a loan of 31000 instead of 2000 He has failed out of college twice now. Right. Like, come on, guys. Wake up. And I know it's your kid and you want to trust him, but be aware. Exactly. Well, by the fall of 2004, Peter and Joan, they were like, we are done with these shenanigans. Oh, my and gosh. And they, they couldn't get him on the phone, of course, because he's dodging their calls. So they sent him an email and said, listen, we're really disappointed in what's going on here. Cease and desist. Do not take another loan out yeah, in our name. Yeah, have phone off. Then you'll hear and, from me. And um, they said, unless you can get yourself a scholarship you're not going to go back to the University of Rochester. You're, you're going to have to do something different. Chris had joined a fraternity. He had lied to his friends about his financial status. He told people that he was from a very wealthy family. They had homes in the Outer Banks. They had homes all over the place. This guy, he needs some serious therapy. You think? So, and so do his parents. He was super popular. Very, very popular with this whole yes. persona. So now let's talk a little bit about Chris's relationship with eBay. In order to attempt to keep his fake lifestyle going, he needed some cash flow. Sure, because his parents cut him off. And he loved to sell stuff on eBay. Yes, he did. He loved eBay. So between July and August of 2004, Chris deposited over $12,000 into his bank accounts. And it was all money he made by selling items on eBay. Where did he get said exactly. items? Um, he was taking money in, but he was not sending the items out. And customers started to complain about paying for stuff they never got. So he tells this one guy that there had been a death in the family. And then he pretends to be his brother uh, with another lady and sends her an email saying that Chris had been killed in a car accident. And of course, the people never received the items that they paid for. And eBay got fed up with it and they canceled his account. My God. 
So at this point, Chris is up to his eyeballs in debt, and now he has no source of income. He owed eBay over $3,600. He had an American Express card. He owed them over $4,000. And he had an interest rate, by the way, with American Express of 26%. Oh, my gosh. Then he owed Capital One Finance over $14,000, and he owed the University of Rochester $16,000. He wasn't paying his cell phone bill anymore, so they were hassling him. And Capital One was so mad at him at this point because he never made any payments on that loan, they were threatening to repo his Jeep. They should have. So all of his cards are about to fall. This is July, August yeah. of 2004. So, oh, my gosh. He actually did have access to one of his parents' credit cards, but they caught on to his thieving ways and removed his access to that account. So he's literally... He's been cut he's off. He's got nothing. He's got... He owes a lot, and he got nothing. Exactly. So I'm sure he's panicking. And at one point, Joan and Peter send him another email and tell him to stop trying to take out lines of credit in their name. And they say, we're disappointed in you, but we will always love you. How about drive up to the university, find him, and beat his ass? I know. Oh, my gosh. It all ended. It was all adding up, and Chris was getting more desperate by the minute. He became withdrawn. He started drinking heavily. He got into several fights and even threatened to kill a couple of people. Oh, geez. Well, that's not going to solve your financial issues. No. So it's all spinning out of control. Mm -hmm. On the morning of November 15th, 2004, Peter Porco got out of bed. Peter got out of bed. Peter. Peter went to the bathroom, mm -hmm. left the bathroom, and walked to the kitchen where he put some dishes in the dishwasher and began packing his lunch to take, him, take with him to work. He went to the door, opened it, reached down to pick up the newspaper. He inadvertently closed the door behind him and got locked out of the house. Oh. He used a spare key that was under a potted plant, opened the door, and fell face first into the house. Peter was dead. He had been hit several times in the head with an axe in the middle of the night. But somehow, even with the gruesome injuries in his head and with adrenaline pumping through his body, he got up and did his morning chores before he finally died. He didn't know he was he dead. He didn't know he was dead. That is freaking me out. He did not know he was dead. Oh my God, that's like a movie. It's like a movie, and I didn't realize it could, it, it could happen, but there's a massive blood trail throughout the house showing the path he had taken, even like some tissue or something where he had blotted yeah. maybe a cut or something somewhere along the way. Um, yeah, no, he, wow. he, he was dead. He was dead. It was, Peter, you be dead, boy. You're dead. Buddy. Yeah. Oh, sorry. He went and did the exact same thing that he probably done, his routine he had done for years many, many and years. years. Yes. Exactly. He was literally a dead man walking. He had been bludgeoned in his oh bed while God. he slept, um, as had his wife, Joan. <gasps> Joan oh never no. got out of bed, though, believe it or not, she did survive the attack. Oh, my gosh. She lost an eye. Part of her skull oh has some brain damage and lives with major disfigurement on, on her face. And oh Joan remembers nothing from the night of the attack, but the bloody scene tells the story of what happened. When police arrive at the scene, they see there's a hole cut in the screen of a window, mm. and the window is open on the first floor. Mm. 
There's it's a, a bloody, signature. There's a bloody axe in Joan and Peter's bedroom. Telephone wires in the house have been cut, and the alarm has been smashed. When police looked into the alarm company records, they find that the master code had been punched into the keypad prior to it being smashed. Oh, gosh. They also know that the phone wires were cut after the alarm code was punched into the system. Everything is pointing to an inside job. Police start to track down Chris's movements the day of the murder and attempted murder. He told them he'd been sleeping in the dorm lounge at the time of the crime. However, witnesses say he was never in the lounge the night of November 14th or 15th. Why would you say I was in the lounge of all places? I know, sleeping on the sofa in the lounge, but there's a group of kids that were watching movies in the yeah. lounge. Why would you pick that? Why not, like, why not say room? I was in my room all alone or I slept in my car or Whatever. something where you would not, where nobody would know. Hey, this guy's a dumbass. Yeah. And he's really, really mean. Yes. Chris said that he had been at school the entire day and night. However, a toll worker <laughs> remembers seeing Chris in his bright yellow of jeep. Of course. His bright yellow yes. jeep. <laughs> going through They're the toll exactly plaza. They're not exactly a dime a dozen. Exactly. Going through the toll plaza, headed toward his home about 10.45 p.m. and again at 2 a.m. Oh, my God. Security cameras at the University of Rochester show Chris's jeep leaving campus at 10.30 p.m. and returning at 8.30 a.m. So, yeah, he's, it's not going well. A neighbor for the Porcos reported seeing Chris's Jeep in the family driveway the night of the attack. When paramedics were loading Joan up to take her to the hospital, a police detective, and she's conscious at this point. Oh, my God. A police detective asked her if her son, Jonathan, had done this to her. She shook her head no. Then he asked if her son, Chris, had done this to her, and she shook her head yes. I will say that when Joan got to the hospital, they had to place her in a medically induced coma so that her brain would heal. When she woke up, she had no memory of the night, and she did not believe for one minute that her son Chris could have possibly been the attacker. Joan, honey. She stood by him and never wavered. She she went with him to trial every single day. Every day. Wrote a letter to the editor at the no. newspaper and said, leave my son alone. No. There's no way you could have done this. Come on. Oh. Chris was charged with second degree murder and second degree attempted murder. His case went to the jury on August 10th, 2006. It took them less than a day to find him guilty of both. On December 12th, 2006, Chris was sentenced to 50 years for each offense to be served consecutively. I like that one. Because even though Joan, in her impact statement, said, I would like for whatever sentence you give them to be concurrent. concurrent. Yeah. Right. And the judge said, I have to say, I'm so sorry that this has happened to you and to your family, but I can't stop thinking about the possibility that this would happen again. Yeah, he's going to finish her off. Exactly. So it's got to be consecutive. Because he's trying to get life insurance money, I'm sure. Whatever. 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 Yeah. So he's he's eligible for parole in December of 2052. But I don't see that ever happening. Yeah, but we should mark our calendars just in case. Okay. In 2052? (laughs) Okay. Uh, so Chris appealed his case to the appellate division of the New York City of the New, and the New York Court of Appeals. Both courts rejected his appeals, and of course, because of that, when he appealed to the Supreme Court, they refused to hear his case. Um, I got all of this information 
from, I was able to find the court papers, the Albany County court papers. And then I got some of the information from a place called cdnymaws.com. That's weird. Um, and from indiatoday.com. They're the ones that told the story about the um, man that didn't know he the was The man that didn't dead. know he was dead. Wow. And that is the story. Of, that is kooky. Isn't that insane? Oh, my gosh. So I know I didn't watch any shows or anything about this because I didn't want to be tainted. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had everything just right. Yeah, is there a show about it? Because I'll there watch it. There are many shows about it. Really? And he actually went to court. He sued Lifetime and tried to prevent them from doing a story. And it might have been the Romeo killer. Something to do with Romeo, whatever. But And he won He won something against them, but they eventually made it anyway. So there have been a lot of shows about it. I don't know if there are any. I'm sure there are crime shows about it. The that Romeo is, killer, and I don't even know why they call him the Romeo killer unless Maybe he was he a Romeo. He was a Romeo at school. Or whatever. Like, I don't know. Or he thought he was a Romeo. Yeah, and there may be you know more drama to the story, but I I just gave the facts of yeah. what they had, the timelines that they had, and the court documents. And the court documents were they're not even digital; they're scanned in. <laughs> So oh, wow. yeah. it's not even easy to read some of this, yeah. this court documents, yeah. but um, yeah, crazy. That is absolutely outlandish. It, outlandish that it, you could be, yes. and the pictures of his mother, Joan, God bless her. <gasps> oh, Joan. Completely. And I mean, I get before it. Before and after, I mean, I think I would have to live in denial that, to think that my son could do that to me. Well, I think the only way that I could stay sane is to say, no, there's no way that he did no this way. to me. Even though... He did. I would have to just say he didn't because I wouldn't be able to look at myself in the mirror every day at my disfigurement knowing that my flesh and blood, the, the son that I gave birth to, right. was able to do that to me as I was sleeping defenseless. Exactly. And took my husband in the same way. Right. I, I don't know that I could. So I there know. was some stuff that came up in the case about um, blood spatter. And there was no blood in his Jeep and all this other stuff. But then the people from the veterinary clinic said that he had been trained on how to clean up blood from a scene. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, the experts came in. And, and he was there anything. for a while. So he probably showered. He probably washed his clothes. Sure. I mean, this is his house. Yeah. It's his home. Exactly. It's, he's not a stranger there. Exactly. And he was there a long time. Yeah. It just kills me, though, that I don't know. He tried to go back. He gets back to the campus and at 8.30 in the morning. Yeah. But it, I don't know. For some reason, that to me was just like, why wouldn't you go on the run? And I, I don't know. I don't he know. Just, I don't, just don't think this kid he didn't think has. It through. I think that he does not have that, that what if mentality. Right. Or if I do this, what then? Or... Two well, steps just, ahead, like, am I thinking two steps ahead, right. or am I just living this moment? He's thinking that he's he's really good at getting away with things. And by killing your parents, what is that going to solve? He's going to get the house and the life insurance. He's also got a brother he's got to split it with. He's going to kill him, too? Oh, I have no doubt at all that he would have, if the brother had been in the house, he would have been I think so, killed. too. I think he would have killed him. Absolutely. No question I about it. I would like to know the brother's take on all the of this. The brother... Um, testified against okay. Chris at trial. Um, 
he was talking about his demeanor had become very icy and cold. And I think that's part of the reason the judge said, I, I really think this would happen again yeah. if he was to, to get out. Yeah. Um, so I think... And I honestly think that, I mean, I my, and my gut tells me that this wasn't as much about the money and the house as it was about my parents are telling me I can't do this anymore and they're ruining my life and so I'm going to get rid of them. I don't think that he thought past that. Like, no. I don't think that this kid ever has... thought past the moment he lived in. No. Like, this What's going to happen when this is over? I'm going to take out this loan for this Jeep. Right. How? Who's going to pay for it? Right. Um, I'm going to take out, I told my dad, a $2,000 loan. I'm taking out a $31,000 loan. What happens when he finds out? Like, he's I thinking don't think that he... he's going to keep be able to keep stealing and selling stuff right. on eBay. Right. I think he never even thought eBay would close his account. No, I don't think that he thought he would ever get caught. I don't think he thought past no. the moment he was living in at any moment. It was and never I, a forethought. I don't think that he thought... The only forethought he take would have was line. to go kill his parents. Right. So and that they would stop telling him to stop. I don't think he ever took out the loans thinking his parents were going to be responsible for paying for it. I think he was trying to keep the secret and yeah. make the payments on it. But, but he didn't have money to he, make payments. Right. His parents blocked him. eBay blocked him. And he got desperate. Yeah. And he thought, the only way I can get out of this is a big lump sum of or, money. Or if I kill my parents, nobody else is going to know what I'm doing. But that's... That's so not I true. I know it's not true, but are... I just think that he doesn't know any better. I it's think he's stupid. <laughs> I think he's just completely stupid. Well, there's just no question about that. Yeah. I think well, that you are that absolutely a, correct. That is a bonkers tale yes. of murder. So thanks for doing that one. That sure. was incredible. All right. So. We have social media. We do have social media. You start talking about that. I'm going to get the pickles. pickles out of the blast chiller. Oh, please do, Mary Berry. <laughs> Okay, so we have Instagram. We're up to a little over 950 followers on Instagram. We, we feel good about that. Um, but we could always use more. So that, um, here at, on Instagram, we are at sugarcoated murder. Easy to find. We're on Twitter. And I fi finally figured out what our name is on Twitter, and it's called Sugar murder. Look at us go. I know. We're up to 20 followers. What? Because I've been twitting. Twitting? Because I haven't felt good, and so I've just been laying around twitting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, on TikTok, we're at Sugar Coated Murder Pod. Okay. We're up to 20 followers. Listen, we're figuring out the ticking and the talking. I'm, so. I'm twitting and ticking. You are twitting and ticking. <laughs> but Facebook... That's that's where our cash our cash of followers are. Yeah, we because we know more about Facebook. Yeah, so we do we do Facebooks a lot. Mm. Facebooks. We do Facebooks. <laughs> and so we have two different pages. We just have a normal public page that is sugarcoated murder podcast, mm -hmm. and we have a sugarcoated murder podcast fan page group page. Yes, fan we do. group page. Whatever. It's it's a lot. Sugarcoated murder podcast fan page group group. Yes, and you have to join to be in that group. Yes. But that's where we post early. We yep. put memes up. We, you know, we yep. have conversations. Sometimes we get suggestions. We do. On murders to cover, states to look for murders, or even recipes. So, Absolutely. So, um, join, the, join the fans. Join the fan nation. Yep. Be a part of the group. Yes. And we consider all of our 
our fan page members our closest friends. We absolutely our closest friends. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all of our social media. Um, we have email. We do murder.sugarcoated at gmail.com. And then um, we also have a link tree. So when we post on social media, we put our link tree up there. And on link tree, you can find our Plum Deluxe affiliate link when you want to go and buy some really amazing tea. This tea is incredible. It's an, it's incredible. And it has ruined me for store-bought tea I now. know, I'll right? never be able to go back. No. <coughs> sorry. I'm sorry that they don't sell pellet ice. I know. <laughs> Maybe, mayhaps we can talk them into it. Um, you also can go on there and buy us a coffee. We love coffee, mm. and um, coffee saves lives. Yes. And so you should save a life and buy us a coffee. Mm. Yeah, how fun is that? And um, Oh, wait. I just want to give a shout-out to our Aunt Jeannie and Uncle Bill because they just bought us some coffee yesterday. They did. They bought us two cups of coffee. They bought us each a cup of coffee, and we so appreciate that. And Aunt Jeannie was making your brownies with the peanut butter and and marshmallow. marshmallow. Oh, we'll have to find out how that went. Yes. Shout-out to Aunt Jane. We love you. Love your. And um, also... We're now on the Oracle Network. We're on the Oracle Network, and... um, I will add that Oracle network onto our link tree Ooh, if how... anybody wants to use the link tree to get there. We're and jazzy. also on link tree, you can like find the different platforms that we're on, Apple, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. You can find places to buy our merch. Yes, our you merchandise. Can the, a t-shirt, a phone case. You can get a tank top to work out in. Oh, my God. If you've seen the fan page, then you see we've got a fan wearing a tank to the gym. Yay. We love it. So, yeah, we like it when people wear our merchandise because it gets the word out there about us. Yeah, so big shout out to Captain Raptor for that. Oh, we just love it. Yeah, so, um, guys, there's no reason that you can't find us, contact us, be our friend, and buy some merch, sport some merch, and buy us a coffee, and get yourself some tea. Yeah. No excuses. Absolutely. <laughs> focus on us. Focus. Focus. It's, it's all about us today, guys. Exactly. All right, well, we're going to taste some pe- peckles. Peckles. Let's <laughs> see how these suckers a are. A pick a peckle pickles. Pick a peckle pickle. Well, they look fun. Mmm. 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 Or cold on the poof. Mmm. Mm-hmm. That is really good. Oh, God. <laughs> that blast chiller really got them cold. It did. That, Guys, these are so good. That's surprising. And I bet after they sit longer, yeah, I think the longer they get they sit, even better. Those are really good. And I could see me using the juice from those in my chicken salad. Yes. Because I use pickle juice in my chicken salad. You certainly do. So, so that is yummy. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not grandma's These pickles. would be great on a burger. They would be excellent. Let's do that. Let's have burgers. Let's go get a burger. And we'll take our own pickles. Yes. We yes. will. That is perfect. All right, guys. We love you. Hope you have a great week. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.